Welcome to our true crime, true family podcast. Quarantine equals no life, so we've decided to start a true crime podcast. I'm Emily, and along with my mom, Kate, and our cousin Paige, we will be discussing popular true crime documentaries and cases. Due to sensitive subject material and explicit language, viewer discretion is advised. Hey, we're back this week with the Tanya Harding story here for my cousin Paige and my mom, Kate. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, it's going to be a lot of yelling today. <laughs> we are covering Tanya Harding. Now, I I watched a bunch of different stuff, but I mostly based my notes around the Truth and Lies documentary. Yeah, I've seen plenty of things as well. I did watch the Truth and Lies and made lots of notes on it. Ten pages worth. Yeah, I got you beat. <laughs> yeah she um well and that is the most recent one too so it's like got the most information Mm -hmm. but so like the documentary starts and already i'm annoyed because we hear tanya saying i've been nothing it's my faith in myself that makes me get back up off my butt and be something worth being proud of which in and of itself isn't a bad quote but you complain about everything that's ever happened to you the entire, like, time. So, no, you're not just, like, dusting yourself off and, like, having inner strength. So, then we see, like, the clip of Nancy getting hit in the knee and her screaming. And then Tanya apologizing for her part in the attack against Nancy Kerrigan. And so just in case anybody doesn't already know the story, like they were training for the Olympics or the, it was the championships to get like the Olympic trial. Yeah, it was the U.S. championships. And she was attacked as she was leaving the ice skating rink after her practice session. And she got like hit in the knee. And I'm sure that they meant to like break her knee. The guy just wasn't so great. And um, so Nancy and Tanya were both figure skater working towards getting into the Olympic Games. Um, Nancy was already um, a bronze medal winner and Tanya was the first female figure skater to complete a triple axel in competition. And we will hear a lot about that. Tanya's husband, Jeff Galuli, and her quote-unquote bodyguard with some other dipshit orchestrated an attack on Nancy. Later, Tanya admitted to knowing about the attack only after the fact. Beforehand, she says she has no clue. And I wrote, allegedly. Um, Because we all agree she knew, right? Like, I wouldn't even put it past that she, like, planned it. But I'll settle for she knew. Uh... Yeah. She even says she knew. She does at the end. Yes, I was kind of saving that for the end, but yes, she does. Yeah. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I'm not giving this bitch one grain of credit for anything. (laughs) I don't have to. (laughs) It all culminated in Nancy and Tanya both competing at the Olympics during the 1994 Olympic Games. Um, And I was beyond fascinated by this when it happened. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. And, like, I was very disappointed when Nancy didn't win, Um, but it was amazing to watch Tanya go down in flames while Nancy 
who'd been clubbed six weeks prior looked fucking phenomenal. <clears throat> so somebody, I, I think it's one of the like Tanya Harding Museum people says, this was like something out of a Disney script. You had the beautiful, pristine princess and the evil, wicked stepsister. Uh, Connie Chung says, Nancy wasn't all good and Tanya wasn't all bad. Nancy says that she was, or sorry, Tanya says that she was friends with Nancy. And like, then they immediately cut to like, people being like uh they couldn't stand each other at all they coexisted but they they weren't friends they were like polite mm-hmm. i mean that's like me so like i used to play basketball with this girl that went on to be like in the WNBA. that would be like she knew my name and she said hi to me that would be like me being like she was my best friend growing up <laughs> um Tanya does not understand why she was the bad guy. And I wrote, ugh, with this one. Tanya's ringtone is yeah by Usher and Little John. And we're only like a decade or two late on that. Um, she's posing with Margot Robbie on the red carpet at the premiere for I, Tanya. I said, this is very uncomfortable to watch. Tanya is the kind of idiot that thinks like just because they're talking about her means it's like in a good light and I don't even feel like I Tanya was like that complimentary to her. Did you watch did you see the movie? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it probably like a year ago so I really don't remember. Well like it's kind of tongue in cheek and it's got like it's set up like a documentary. Mhm. And Margot Robbie is obviously Tanya, and like it shows her like chain smoking, doing these interviews, and like there's parts where like she's like, Nancy and I were friends. Who beats up their friend? <laughs> and like, I mean, it's kind of like poking fun at the whole situation. And these people can't even like like they talk to like Alice and Janie and like Margot Robbie. And none of them can fully, like, bring themselves to support anybody in that movie. So, like, that tells you a lot. They're very, like, PC about it. Yeah, I was kind of, like, during Margot Robbie's interviews, I was kind of, like, waiting for her to be like, I love Tanya. She's just so nice, blah, blah. She never said that. No. No. And, like, at one point, she's like, well, at some point, I just stopped even caring about what happened. It's like, oh. Yeah. That's the polite uh, way of saying um, that. Like I couldn't, I couldn't sift through and decide what was the truth yeah. and what was a lie. So I just fucking like went with it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and I, I did think like part of it was like her being unable to hold herself accountable for anything, and like in the movie, that's kind of like the theme. And in her life, that's definitely the theme. Yeah, and I think I think her upbringing had a lot to do with it too, especially with the way she is now and and everything, like with her mother and stuff like that. But also, her and her mother have totally opposite accounts of of what happened. Well, now, I mean, they have some similarities, but I I think Tanya is the kind of person. Like, I believe it was not a good childhood. I do not believe it was what she is saying it was now. And 
like I think that her parents were ignorant and they acted ignorant and like if you want to blame anything like I'm sure they acted the way their parents acted to them so I don't really see like if you want to hold her mom accountable her mom's probably going to say the same thing happened to her so so then what is that put Tanya like you still have to like it doesn't matter that you grew up trash like that doesn't mean you get to act like treat people like garbage for the rest of your life because your mom sucked (laughs) oh my god she's she's so and I'm already annoyed (laughs) She like cause this. It seems like Tanya watched the I Tanya movie and thought like, you know what, the record is set straight now. Everybody loves me. It's like no, you're not exonerated in anything. <laughs> like she is the worst. <laughs> She's just terrible. Like and she first of all, she looks hideous. Like, who told her that red lipstick was a good idea? <laughs> like, no mercy for her from you. Um, no, get like you're 47, get an eye cream, like, get some serums, get something, some age, anything that says like anti aging, you need it on your face. <laughs> like, I'm not joking, like, and maybe stop chain smoking. Because your oh. lips look like paper. <laughs> oh my god! Like literally, and I feel like she wore something similar for like the red carpet. Like, does nobody say like have a light suggestion? Like, oh, maybe not the blood red lips. <laughs> you look like a nightmare. And also in the movie, I thought it was hilarious that like when they did her makeup for like. Um, like competitions and stuff like Tanya thought she looked all pretty and like they made it look like clown makeup in the movie <laughs> anything to shade Tanya Harding I'm here for <laughs> Tanya sits down for an interview and I didn't even bother writing the interviewer's name down because she started annoying me Amy Robach okay I wrote it down Tanya just seems super excited to some that somebody wants to talk to her. She's asked if she cares what people think of her. And she says no. And then she like waits a beat and like over exaggeratedly is like, yes. <laughs> like, oh, this is already terrible. <laughs> she says, I do care, but I don't care. You care. You care. You care. You care. Everybody knows you care. Like every single person on earth that has ever heard your name knows you care because you crawl out of your trailer to talk about this every chance you get. (laughs) They, she's terrible. They show clips of her like being hounded back in the day, like after the attack and ever the victim, Tanya Harding is like, the press threw me to the wolves and treated me like I was nothing because they thought they knew the story and believed that I did bad things and thought I was bad and been punished for 23 years. And I wrote, oi. <laughs> this bitch, like, no, you're trash and people treated you like trash. What are you mad about? They go back to Tanya's childhood 
we hear Tanya was poor, that they had nothing. Tanya says she moved 13 different times before she was in fifth grade. And then we see Tanya's mom, Lavana. She says, Tanya herself called us trailer trash. We were never trailer trash. We had a beautiful new trailer. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this bitch. Like, <laughs> and even though she spawned Tanya Harding, I kind of love her. <laughs> and I was really glad she cleared up that they were not trailer trash. They had a beautiful new trailer. <laughs> You just you just go ahead. I don't think I'm gonna have much to say on this on this podcast. It's just gonna be me laughing. So Tanya's mom worked two to three jobs to make ends meet. And Tanya says she did not want to grow up to be like her mother. She was not going to grow up to be a waitress. Like I'm sure all the waitresses out there appreciate that. <laughs> Tanya wanted to be better. Tanya started ice skating when she was three years old. Lavana says Tanya told her, I'm a star. Here I am. The interviewer holds up a picture of Tanya from when she was a child. Tanya scoffs and says, you know where that's from? School. I got to wear my skating costume so we could use it as a school photo and skating competition entry photo. Like, wow, how did CPS not step in as a result of this atrocity, you fucking bitch? You think that's a, I thought that was a good idea. No, I think that she's a fucking whiny brat. <laughs> like, that's not abusive. <laughs> like, look, I don't even buy my kids' photos. <laughs> like, I take a picture of the negative or the, the sample, and I'm like, I don't care that it says life touch across it. Here you go. <laughs> Like, poor fucking Tanya. (laughs) Or, you know what? I also, I will either do that or I wait. And I just take a picture of them from the yearbook and crop it. (laughs) My mom buys their school photos. I think it's a waste of money. So, no, I'm on LaVonda's side. Um, I will say that. Like the choice of figure skating seems very random to me. That seems like like you need money to do that sport. Um, it's not like a team sport, and it's like very specific. Like you have to go to a skating rink. You have to have skates. Like I would assume the coaches cost more. Like I just, you know, like I don't know. I guess I grew up playing basketball, and my dad be like, go out in the backyard and dribble. So I would think poor people would probably do that. Well, yeah, but it's not like she like chose to be good at at ice skating. She was just good. She got on the ice and she was just good at it. Yeah, it just seems random. Well, yeah, I, mean, I wasn't faulting her for it. I just seemed it just seemed random. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised actually they didn't put her in like ice hockey. <laughs> um, this lady Sandra. I think her last name is like Luckow. I don't know how to say it. But she did that Sharp Edges documentary mm-hmm. about Tanya for her like Yale thesis project yeah. or whatever. She says Portland, Oregon was unusual when Tanya was starting her training because rinks were in shopping malls and there weren't many rinks dedicated to competitive skating. That's where she practiced was in shopping malls. 
Um, and Diane Rawlinson was the premier coach. And Tanya started skating with her at about age four. Diane saw potential in Tanya. And now it wasn't in this documentary, but I've seen in the past where Diane's talking about like, she didn't typically take kids that young. And she at first said no. And then Lavana just brought Tanya to like the, because it was like in a, in a mall. Mm-hmm. And so for a week, she just had Tanya like skate around circles around. You're like, I didn't need to go to the bathroom <laughs> if you're going to keep doing that because then it start laughing. <laughs> She's like, I'm still not going to contribute, but I will far. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But. So I guess they had like Tanya skate circles around Diane and finally she was like, you know, you can just like train with me like Jesus Christ. Um, Lavana says that Diane was the best coach Tanya ever had and that no one could straighten Tanya out as well as Diane could. Um, then they go back to Tanya and she's asked if there was love in her house and she basically just doesn't answer She's asked to talk about her mother and um, what was the lady's name again? Which one? The oh, interviewer? Um, Amy Robach. Okay, and Amy's like, I know your mom is not your favorite favorite subject. And Tanya goes, oh, she's my favorite subject, especially compared to a couple other subjects and then laughs at her very clever joke. <laughs> I hate this woman. <laughs> And her face, when she started laughing, was terrifying. <laughs> no, like, I will take a screenshot of that scene and, like, post it on the Instagram or something. It's awful. Tanya, and Tanya, it's not like she's ugly, but she does nothing to help her looks. Like, she's very garish and scary looking, and it makes me very uncomfortable. And I wrote down, which I've already said, that red lipstick just no <laughs> she also has a very disgusting smoker's laugh and cough and she's just a mess in general <laughs> tanya is asked to describe her mom as a mother and she says not a good one i know that she probably did the best that she could the interviewer asks if her mom gets any credit for that and tanya says oh she gets credit when i'm being a bitch people will know where i got it from like she's very hard to feel bad for like I was already yelling at the TV I'm like three pages into my notes <laughs> Lavana was married four times and Tanya's dad was Lavana's fourth husband I think it was five times and I just wrote it down no I wrote down four times okay Lavana was damaged and drank a lot the home life was very dysfunctional Tanya says she knew when she was about 11 years old that half of the thermos was brandy and the rest was coffee and that's at 4.30 in the morning. Lavana says, I would have coffee and I would put brandy flavoring in it. I love brandy flavoring. You can't get drunk on flavoring. Sorry to disappoint you. And I wrote, sure, Lavana. <laughs> Tanya continues and says, by 8 a.m. she had finished the coffee and then drove me to school. You don't do that. And I wrote, shut up, Tanya. <laughs> 
The interviewer says, it sounds like you needed protection from her. And I wrote, shut up, interviewer. <laughs> um, like, don't encourage this. I feel like any second that somebody is like, oh, I feel so bad for you, Tanya's like, um, okay, what else can I complain about? Well, she didn't want to come at Tanya and change it into, like, the Connie Chung interview where Tanya walked out. I mean, I guess. Tanya would definitely not want to be interviewed with me. And I will tell you the petty bitch that I am. <laughs> I friended Tanya Harding on our Instagram so that I can hashtag it and hope that she listens to it because I think that bitch will listen to anything that her name is mentioned in. You sent her a friend request on Instagram? Well, no, I just hit follow and it let me follow her. Oh my but, God. You know, she checks her hashtag, so... I'm hashtagging everything I can think of. I oh wanted to hear God. my thoughts. Oh my God. Hey, look. Doc Antle was just the beginning. <laughs> what? <laughs> What'd you say? I said Doc Antle was just the beginning because he was like the first one that was like, now keep in mind. Mm hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I did. And I hope she listens. She probably won't. Like we have like five listeners. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like, um, no, if it's not your mom or my mom, um, that's all that listens. You and Emily don't even listen. I don't think my mom listens. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just my mom. Maybe she does Dan and she doesn't. just doesn't tell me. Dan doesn't. Dan's like, like he says something. Oh, you guys are doing good. And then, like, I was laughing about something. He's like, "What are you laughing about?" And I was trying to explain it to him, so I just played it. And he's like, "Oh, oh, you sound really good." I'm like, "Oh, well, you sound like this is the first time you've ever heard it. So thanks a lot for the support." <laughs> I usually listen to him. I just I found a new uh, podcast. I found no. a new podcast. Start listening to, and I listened to that all week. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Which one was it? Smartless. With no, I've never heard of that. It's with um, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett, and they just like interview their celebrity friends, and it's great. Oh, it's like the Rob Lowe one. Oh yeah, I do like that one. Yeah. Um. No, I don't know who's saying this, but I wrote down Tanya was always tough, but there was also something in her eyes and behind her smile like yeah evil um there was a sadness to her clips from sharp edges are shown tanya is talking about how she doesn't have a good relationship with her mom um and i wrote the thing about tanya is that she should be somewhat of a victim like i should be watching this feeling like, wow she overcame a lot like but everything it's always someone else's fault, and Tanya's the first one to take any obstacle and say, poor me. Like, even now, at the beginning of this, she's like, everyone thinks I'm the bad guy. Like, you are the bad guy. Like, your husband is the one that came up with this plan. You think that you weren't around the house, like, bitching about Nancy every minute you got? Like, there's how would he know to take Nancy out? Like, the, you have culpability. Like, maybe it's not your fault that he did it. But, like, now we know that, yeah, that is, too, your fault. But she just, 
she sucks. And, like, if she just trained and did what she should have been, like, she couldn't hit the triple axle again because she stopped training. Like, oh, shocker. But I bet that's someone else's fault, too. I don't know. And I feel like if she had just been, like, I fucked up, like, I'm sorry, none of this would have been an issue for, like, 30 years. The only reason why it's an issue is because she will not say that she had anything to do with it and people want to catch her in that lie. (laughs) But, and people, I think people are way more forgiving when you're just like, oh, my bad. Like, yeah, I did the wrong thing. And then it's like, oh, what is there to talk about anymore? But then we see more clips from Sharp Edges and Lavanya says, if there's no, you can't do it type of thing, she won't do it. She'd be nothing. Her coach, Diane, is interviewed and says, Tanya's family loves her dearly. Her mother does not really understand how to get the best out of Tanya. She tends to cut her down to get her to perform. But I do understand because Tanya does seem like that where it's like when she's expected to do well, she falls on her face. But when she's like the underdog, she does a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, the director of Sharp Edges says Lavanya felt the pain of having her child taken away from her by people who could give her a better life. They pan through the house and it looks like an episode of Quarters. Like, that shit is disgusting. And why does Lavana have a fucking bird on her shoulder? Oh, I was hoping we were going to talk about that. Disgusting. Yeah, it's weird. And so I guess in a glimpse of seeing why Tanya is the way she is, this woman that wants to act like she's nothing like her mother, Lavana is seen talking about how Lavana can't do anything right. She says, I can't feed her right. I can't put her to bed right. Tanya says Lavana is not a good mother and that she beats Tanya. Current Tanya says that when she was young, Lavana dragged her into the bathroom and beat her, literally. Sandra Luckout says she saw Lavana beat Tanya with a hairbrush in a bathroom. And I know this is like very wrong and probably an unpopular opinion but is anybody shocked that this girl got beat? Like, Juice himself would have at least fantasized about beating her. You know she ran that mouth 24-7. And Tanya says she got beat with a hairbrush for not landing her jumps perfectly. And she did it on a regular basis. And I wrote, I'm real sure it was for not landing your jumps perfectly. Like, I'm sure it's because of your mouth. Sandra says she wanted to go to Child Protective Services. But she was told not to because if they took Tanya away from her parents, it would ruin her skating career. Tanya says her mother threw a steak knife at her. And Shat says, she was Tanya one and done. She rebelled against the traditional ice princess figure skater. Tanya says she tried to be pretty, but it was the 80s and she liked pop culture. Like, and apparently didn't have a mirror. Tanya is hard to look at. The interviewer says she was right there with Tanya. She had blue eyeshadow and mascara too. She says, but I wasn't being scrutinized like you. And Tanya goes, that's life like she's infuriating like because she's not saying things like that's life like because like okay well that's just how it goes she's saying it like yeah everyone treated me bad but that's just how it goes like fuck off we see her choreographer talking about the new makeover they want to give tanya this is from sharp edges too and her mom is like uh-uh, she wanted levi's at her first national championship in 1986, she didn't have a dress for some ball. 
So Diane and Vicki Mills, the choreographer, took her to the local shopping mall. They picked out this green velvet dress that they liked and probably was like appropriate in what she was expected to wear. And Tanya is rolling her eyes and obviously hates it. And who like cut Tanya's hair into that ugly short boy haircut <laughs> back in the day? It was awful. Like, did our parents just hate us? Because, like, there, there were a lot of really bad hairstyles going on. Back then. Well, I think I think that was, like, the style in the 80s. For boys. <laughs> they were trying to round Tanya out. They put her in ballet and jazz classes and made sure her hair, hair and nails were done. She was polite. Oh, they tried to make her polite because uh, she certainly was not polite. <laughs> and they tried to get her to act ladylike. Tanya says they would fight and not nicely. And Tanya was a redneck tomboy. Like, yeah, that's clear. The interviewer asked Tanya to tell her about the first time Tanya met Jeff. Like, ugh. Tanya, who apparently fails to realize she hasn't been relevant in a couple of decades, says, really? You don't know the story? Like, bitch, have several seats and be grateful that anyone even cares to speak to you at all. Like, you knew exactly what you were going to be asked about and what you were expected to talk about when you agreed to this fucking interview, and I hate her. Like, I was obsessed with this back in the day, and I have no clue how they met. I assume they bonded over a love of dip and marble reds. Further infuriating me, Tanya sighs, rolls her eyes, and goes, oh, brother. And then she's like, we met at the ring. He was watching me skate, and I was like, oh, my God, there's a boy watching me. Hi. <laughs> and I wanted to kiss her. Like, she is awful. <laughs> she says she was 15, and the interviewer is like, you fell for the first guy that told you you were pretty. Like, first only, Tanya <laughs> is the worst. She's asked what attracted her to Jeff, and she replies, he had a job and a car and she's drunk. Like, poor fucking you. Like, Jeff fucking Galuli is the only loser asshole in this story. Like, no, you're right there with him. I'm not sure how Tanya has not figured out how to be more sympathetic. You would think, like, they have, like, people you can hire for that to be like, uh, let's get you, like, a public relations makeover. And then we just see different people talking about how awful Jeff was. Um, then they move on to the triple axel. Now it's my turn to be like, oh, you don't know? I'm going to do the triple axel in one competition and then never again in life. So a triple axel is a jump that takes off in the forward position on a left forward leg, lifting up into the air, twirling three times and coming down on one leg in the check position that can stop a rotation that comes down with about 420 pounds of pressure on one foot. The interviewer says, whatever made you think you could do that? And this jackass goes, what makes people think that I can't? Like, first of all, you can't. You could, and you did it one time in a competition. And then never, ever landed it again. And you make a thousand excuses as to why you couldn't ever land it again. And for another thing, like, you, shut up. Like, <laughs> oh, what makes you think I couldn't? Like, uh, okay, like she's giving you a compliment. So Sandra tells us those around her were very used to seeing Tanya land a triple axel. Or I'm sure. What made it so special was to land it in a competition. 
1991 in Minneapolis for the U.S. champions, and because I hate this bitch, I wrote, not the Olympics, just saying. <laughs> Anya lands a triple axle. So, we are, oh, we are walked through this by Viviana Olin, who's kind of run under her name says, Tonya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, 1994 Museum, and I wrote, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I stopped to Google this museum, and it's it is as stupid as it sounds. Where is it? It like I think it was in their apartment in New York. It they oh. don't have it anymore. It's like if you go to the website, it's just a bunch of like loser merchandise <laughs> that they. Uh, it's stupid. They um. They show some and she, I did write her da- name down for later, but I didn't know who she was. It was a reporter back in Portland, I believe. But her head was smaller than her neck. Um, but she said that the program builds and builds. And then Ann Schatz talk about the ta- the power that Tanya had. And Tanya lands it. And they cut back to Tanya who was like, I was like, yes. And then Ann Schatz makes some big deal about how Dick Button yelled good girl when she landed the triple axel. How many times do you think she has heard that? Not many. Ann Chats is talking about someone saying good girl to Tanya. And then I wrote, I feel like this documentary is trying to make fetch happen and it's not going to happen. I don't feel bad for Tanya Harding. (laughs) (laughs) You can release a video of her entire family beating her with bats and I still may shrug like, well, I'm sure they had their reasons. They show Tanya celebrating with a huge smile when she lands it. And her mouth is fucking huge. It looks like the opening to a train tunnel or something. <laughs> and Chats is all like, you see this picture? You never saw that look again. Never again. Like, Tanya's teeth from that time, they looked fuzzy or something. <laughs> like, buy her a toothbrush. Margot Robbie and I wrote, she's probably the real reason this they even did this documentary so she could plug I, Tanya. Says, she watched the triple axle footage a thousand times and every time it makes her grin. Um, Amy holds up a picture from right after she landed the triple a- axle and asks her what Tanya was thinking in it in that moment. And I wrote, please don't. Tanya predictably starts crying. She's like, holy shit, I just did it. Nobody else did it. Nobody helped me land that triple axle there in that moment. At least there is one thing that Tanya holds herself accountable for. Like, I hate her. Like, oh, your coaches didn't do that? Your coaches, your choreographer didn't help? Nobody? Just you? Okay. Like, the interviewer says, you made history. And Tanya's like, I did. I really did. Like, fuck off. Sandra says at that moment, people were willing to accept Tanya as their champion. So Tanya had a huge opportunity at that moment. I don't know that people were willing to accept her as their champion. I think they were willing to say like, wow, she did a good thing. Tanya has asked how her skating life changed after the competition. And Tanya says, confusing. Everything changed about life after that. And it was confusing. I was 20 years old and thrust into the media spotlight. Oh, like you didn't chase it. Then they move on to Jeff Galuli. Jeff became controlling over Tanya's life after Tanya won nationals. Money and offers started coming in. 
Um, I don't like. I don't remember her having endorsements. I don't either. Um, let me see. Oh, the chick from the Tanya Harding Museum seems extremely bent out of shape and imitates Jeff sitting around thinking of how to make money off Tanya. She says, we personally blame everything on Jeff Galuli. I bet you do. And I bet, are you Tanya's best friend? If not, you will be after she sees this. She says, things would have turned out completely different if she had never met him. I disagree. It would have been like somebody else. It may have been like she threw everything away for a different reason. But she wouldn't have been good either way. She was going to destroy it all. She's not some great person in a bad situation. She's terrible. She's a terrible person in a terrible situation. She would have found someone else to blame for everything wrong in her life, no matter what. Like, she could have gotten pregnant at 15. It would have been that baby's fault. <laughs> Jeff was attached to Tanya. And Chat says he was at practice, at competitions, interviews, everywhere. Okay, like, they're both awful. Tanya says Jeff affected her skating. The interviewer asks Tanya if she remembers the first time Jeff hit Tanya. And I just started rolling my eyes. Like, Tanya says the one that sticks out in my head is, I got nachos from 7-Eleven, and Jeff said that they would make me fat. He hit the nachos out of my hand and then said, let's go. And then she says that he backhanded her. Tanya says she knew that she was stupid, bitch, ugly, fat, never amount to anything for my whole entire life. I know this. Why do people not think that I would want to fight that, be better than that? But you're you're not. You you play right into that. She's an idiot. She then she goes to Amy. She's like, I know you would. You would want to fight it. You would want to be better than everyone says you are because you know you are in your heart. I had to learn that. Like, and I wrote, she definitely practiced that like 10 billion times. Tanya's all, unfortunately, I had to learn mine the hard way. Like, oh, just shut up. Like, and I will say abuse is awful. Like, I don't think it's like, okay, that anyone gets abused. And I do think that there were times she was abused and that's terrible. But Tanya is not being honest about all of it. Like, she wasn't some, like, poor person trying to do her best and these people just piled on her for no reason. Like, she has a hand in her behavior. And I think she's abusive as well. I don't think that, like, Jeff Galooly hit her and she just sat there and took it. Like, I think she punched him back and she's like, do you know, I'm fucking Nan- uh, Tanya fucking Harding and I did a triple axel. I don't, I think it was both of them. Like, I think they were bad people and bad for each other but I don't think it was one-sided I mean do you think it was one-sided is this just me <laughs> I asked it. you're just laughing <laughs> no Tanya Look, you, you know that Tanya is like the person that's in your face like screaming hit me spitting off in your face and then after like the 15th time when you fucking deck her, she's like, oh my God, I can't believe you hit me. <laughs> no, I believe that. She uh, she is at fault for a lot of her own destiny. I believe that. Face with your phone. Yeah. Emily just dropped her phone on her face. Oh. 
Yeah, I have no pity. She said she was going to contribute. She hasn't said anything. I'm trying my best. I'm not good at talking. Not good at talking. Um, and I wrote, Jeff probably did hit hit Tanya, but I highly doubt she ever innocently got notches, and he just backhanded her for the hell of it. Like, yeah, they were probably in, like, a fight, and then, like, the nachos was just, like, the edge of... Well, if he went to everything, I'm I'm sure they, like, left practice where the coaches and everyone, like, coaching Tanya said, like, now go home and eat, like, vegetables and baked salmon. And they got in the car and he's like, um, why did you get nachos? Your coach said not to get nachos, get veggies. And Tanya was like, who the fuck do you think you are? You fucking nothing piece of shit. Can you do a triple axel? When you can do a triple axel, then you can pick what you eat. But I'm eating fucking nachos. <laughs> no, you can't even get your dick hard. And then she probably got two inches from his face eating the nachos and he slapped that shit out of her hands. And Tanya tries real hard to play the victim about it. Like, <laughs> that is what I pictured. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I that can't. Is, you I can't. Know, it, that's exactly how it went down. It's you probably know, like, it. cut him down every. She was probably like, oh, you know what's longer than your dick? My triple accent. <laughs> like, you know, that's how every conversation. I. Bet if he hears the word triple axel, he probably starts cowering in a corner. <laughs> and Shat says there were a lot of rumors about them yelling and screaming at each other, but that she bets Tanya was a willing participant. You bet or you know. <laughs> Amy reads a quote from Jeff about the alleged abuse, and he says, we may get into a brawl now and then about what's going on, and she, usually she wins. I mean... I'll admit to it, and I'll admit to the world that she's the boss of the family. Jeff is pathetic. <laughs> like, Tanya's asked if she was the boss of the family, and she laughs that fucking smoker's cough like a monster, and then she snaps, I didn't have a pair of pants back then. I had a skating dress. Like, fuck you. <laughs> then, like a psycho, she says, I'm sorry. Uh, what? Like, the way she reacted, did you notice that part where she like snaps at the lady's question and then she's like I'm, I'm sorry I'm so sorry no I didn't notice it um Tanya's asked if she ever fought back physically and she immediately says yes like oh that's a shock to no one <laughs> then she says it doesn't work it just escalates and I said stop is that surprise like reacting like that oh no I wrote Stop. That is extremely surprising. Reacting like that does not calm the situation down immediately. <laughs> that would have been funnier if I didn't fuck it up. <laughs> Connie Chung says she married him and then she separated from him and then she got a court order to keep him away from her and then she hooked up with him again. Like Connie has no patience for Connie. Connie Chung and I would be best fucking friends. <laughs> We would bond over this bitch. <laughs> um, she says that Tanya was a mess. Um, Tanya's asked why she went back to Jeff. And she says because she couldn't make it on her own. Sandra says after her success landing the triple axle, she lost her desire and she wasn't practicing. Like, no, it sounds like she 
got caught up and then like has no idea what the fuck she's supposed to focus on and does whatever the fuck she wants and blames it on everyone else. Oh, here's where I found out the lady's name. I said the 1992 Winter Olympics were in Albertville, France. Christine Brennan, and I wrote in parentheses, the lady whose neck was wider than her head. <laughs> says, Tanya showed up three days before the Olympics. She should have been there a week and three days early. Chris Connolly says, that was the beginning of the dog ate my homework excuse that becomes expected of Tanya. Um, one of the reporters from the Olympics was talking about how Tanya had a rough first day of training. She does not land the triple axel and finishes out of medal consideration right behind Nancy Kerrigan. That This is where Tanya says, there are problems with my equipment at the Olympics. One of my skate blades wasn't put on right. Tanya makes excuses. She's like, things just happen. Sorry, it happened at a competition. <laughs> uh, the interviewer, in like her one attempt to be messy, she's like, at the Olympics, and Tanya goes, um, I wasn't going, you know what, this sucks. Like, uh, I'm sure you are. <clears throat> and this bitch lies even further and says, no, I was going, man, next time I'm going to have two pair of boots. And after that is when we started carrying two pairs of skates. And I wrote, did she have dentures? Like, <clears throat> she... The way she talks is very weird. Her teeth did something weird when she said that, too. Like they moved? I don't know. It's like she was trying to hold, like she closed her mouth to like hold her teeth from falling out. <laughs> it reminded me when grandma used to like try to scare us and push her teeth out. And yeah. then like, <laughs> she'd, like try to catch them before they flew out of her mouth. <laughs> the interviewer is like, okay, so you started going to gear up for the next one. Tanya's like, my skating was great. My skating's perfect, but my life was in shambles. Like, oh, I'm real sure. Just your life. She's asked if she ever feared for her life with Jeff, and she's like, many times, like, okay, I don't believe it. Does anybody know? Probably not. So then Tanya tells some nonsense, make no sense story about how Jeff came and broke into her apartment when she wasn't there. He was saying all this stuff that he can't live without me. And I remember he pointed the gun at his head for some reason for me to get scared and come back to him like, oh, no, don't do it. That type of thing. And I'm like, freaking just shoot yourself. And I'm out of here. Like, I grabbed my purse. I walked out the door. He grabbed my purse and I turned back around and he pointed the gun at me and I turned around and started walking off and the gun went off. Nobody believed me ever for any abuse. Like, that is an insane story and I don't believe that it was true I don't believe that ever happened I do believe if he threatened suicide she was like well fucking kill yourself it's easier than divorcing you yeah like how does a gun just go off it doesn't like they had to have been in like a struggle or something for it to just go off um and look like by this time she's famous you really think if a gun went off there wouldn't be a police report and people talking about it Mm mm-hmm it was an apartment. And at the beginning of the story, she's like, I wasn't there. And then all of a sudden, she's like, and then he was there. It's like, okay. Like, you can't even get it straight for like 30 seconds. She says people didn't believe it because I'm too tough. Um, or because you're a fucking liar. Jeff Galuli called that story utterly ridiculous. Tanya's like, 
it doesn't matter. He didn't destroy me. Nobody can. Like, uh, okay. Chris Connolly says, Nancy Kerrigan is looking like the star of the future. Nancy Kerrigan was not a rich ice princess. She, it seemed like she was portrayed that way back then. And I guess back then I never really thought about money one way or another as to how it like pertained to either one of them. But Nancy was very blue collar, like his family was very working class. Um, Antac says the, the influences in Nancy's life were a hundred percent different than Tanya's. And I wrote, um, unspoken, she wasn't white trash. <laughs> One of the dipshits from the Tanya Harding Museum said that Nancy was graceful and put together and was an all-American girl. They're playing this nice twinkly music. Everyone is ooing and awing over her, calling her an angel and shit. Ian Chat says, Nancy Kerrigan fit the figure skater mold perfectly and that burned Tanya up inside. They show a clip from a competition where Nancy and two other girls medaled. Um, is this when she came in fourth at the Olympics? No, when when she's on the um, the podium with them, and then like Tanya jumps on the podium like. <clears throat> no, what I thought might have happened was that two people came in third place or something. Like they got the same score and came in third place. No, Tanya did not medal. She jumped. She jumped up on there to get in the picture. I, I don't think that was the same competition. Well, no, it might not have been the same competition, but she didn't win. He didn't medal in that competition. Which one? Yeah, any of them. There was never one that she medaled with me Na- with um Nancy. Yeah, I, that one the- I'm not sure about, but she what she did have a medal though when they were all skating. Yeah, but they weren't at the same competition. Nancy wasn't at the world competition. No, no, no. I think that was like a whole different competition. Like that wasn't the... Nancy wasn't at the U.S. championships. Right. So I don't know which one that was. Yeah, I don't, either way it looks pitiful and pathetic. Yeah, it does it look pathetic. Like she shoved herself up there. The interviewer bravely asks Tanya if she was or is jealous of Nancy. Tanya, like a true liar, replies, why would I be jealous? Like, um, girl, like, there's lots of reasons. (laughs) So the interviewer then runs down a list of things. Nancy either had better costumes or did better than Tanya or was prettier, more well-received. Nancy got more endorsements. Tanya, through very clenched teeth, is like, yes, but she deserved it. Like, she worked <laughs> hard for it. The interviewer is like, you did too. And Tanya's like, yeah, I did too. It's all right. The past is the past. Like, fuck off. <laughs> Apparently, Tanya believes that her and Nancy were friends. She says they were friends and they roomed together on tour. Immediately, everyone else is like, they weren't friends. They couldn't stand each other. They said hi to each other. They were fine, but not friends. Like, and what is even your point? Like, who cares if you were friends or not? Like, what does it matter? Like, it's not going to make anything any better or any worse. So, like, what is your point in saying that? 
Um, after the 92 Olympics, they decided to split it off and like stagger the summer and winter games. So there would be games every two years instead of every four. And so like up until that point, everybody thought that the next Olympics would be in 96, but now the winter Olympics were going to be in 94, which gave Tanya and Nancy a unique opportunity to compete a lot earlier than normal. Tanya Natch had slacked off in her training and wasn't really practicing. She was chain smoking, etc. So Tanya basically did the bare minimum to be able to compete at nationals for a chance to go to the Olympics. On January 6th, 1994, Nancy was practicing in Detroit for the Olympic trials. Um, they also called the national championships. When the practice was over, Nancy got off the ice and walked behind a curtain and she was clubbed in the leg. Nancy was screaming. It was caught on tape, not the actual like hitting, but like they were like, as soon as she walks through the door, like you see, or the curtain, like you can see the camera and then you hear her screaming and then they walk through the curtain and like, so they pretty much caught it in real time. Like it was pretty awful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's screaming why over and over. Um, and some lady named Dana witnessed it and she says it was some large man, like six, two and 200 pounds hit her a couple of times with some type of weapon. So then to just like give you a preview of what fucking like morons that Nancy or that Tanya had around her. After Nancy was attacked, her attacker ran away and crashed through a glass door that was locked. Like, what kind of Scooby Doo operation was that? Like, you would think at the very least he would have taken a walk around the place to see what doors were open. And like, he's a fucking moron. And he broke through it with his head when he had a fucking baton in his hand. <laughs> and Chat says she went right to the telephone. She knew where Tanya was staying, so she called the hotel. Tanya sounded very foggy, and she said, Anne, I've been napping. What's going on? Tanya said, Nancy's been attacked. And Tanya said, what? Are you kidding? Really? How could something like this happen? Tanya says when she went to the rink, she couldn't focus because they never found the guy. So who knew if that person was still there trying to take anybody out? Like, I'm false. Like, if you practice badly, it was probably from, like, churros, soda, and, like, Marlboro Reds. And why are you still telling that same lie? They play a clip of Tanya practicing, and a reporter says, this comes on the heels of death threats against Tanya Harding at a recent regional competition. Like, did did anybody report this or this is what Tanya said? Because I guarantee it's what Tanya said. Tanya's like, I was scared. And the, and Amy says, for your safety? And Tanya goes, yes. And for anyone else's. I mean, this had never happened. Like, have a seat, you lying liar that lies. Like, even if it was true and she had no clue, why even say that now? You already knew your husband set it up. Why say you were scared for other people's safety? Like, now that it's all come out, just leave it out. You're Like, you're not buying bonus points by being like, I was scared for everybody. <laughs> just breeze past that, like, question, you dummy. Like, first of all, besides the fact that Tanya seems like she's the type of person that would see you get run over by a car and she would, like, clear the cash out of your pockets before she called 911. Like, I just don't. 
she's infuriating. (laughs) They show Tanya being interviewed at that competition, and she's asked about how she feels about what happened to Nancy Kerrigan, and she says, it really bothers me. I know how she feels, and I feel really bad this happened. I was looking forward to competing against her, and I just hope that she's okay. Like, all right. Tanya now says, it makes you cringe hearing Nancy screaming because you know how much it had to have hurt. And why would someone do this? And what were they after? Like, Tanya, with all due respect, shut the fuck up. Like, we all know now that your husband did it to get her out of the competition and that you knew about it beforehand and you covered it up afterhand. So, like, why are you saying these ridiculous things? That Christine Brennan lady that in the press room, somebody actually yelled out, where was Tanya? Like, as a joke when they were talking about what happened. Um, Tanya's shown saying, oh, Nancy is shown like in an interview from that night saying, I really wanted to compete today, but the doctors all said that I shouldn't. And Tanya's jackass says it's sad. The interviewer is like, bullshit like petty betty she was your competition tanya's like competitor yes rivals no amy asks tanya if she was relieved at all about not having to compete against nancy like tanya's lazy lying ass says absolutely not she bullshits saying any of us could have won and any of us could have failed like i hate her so tanya wins This dipshit says, yeah, I won, but that's because nobody else did what I did and as good as I did it. So I deserve to win. Like, in what world does she think there's a single person that believes her? I'm sure she ever apologizes for anything in real life. She's one of those that goes, I'm sorry you chose to get your feelings hurt by what I said. (laughs) So people weren't sure if Nancy just didn't get to go to the Olympics or if they would make a special exception for her to be at the Olympic on the Olympic team. Which they did. So Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding were both going to go to the Olympics. And we get a clip of Tanya after winning nationals saying, I proved it. I'm the Tanya Harding that everyone always believes in. And I know who my true friends are. That's a weird thing to say. Like, you know who your true friends are. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Um, yeah, like. And that everyone always believes in. Like, I could tell you for one thing, I didn't believe in her back then. And I watched that competition. So, bitch, you got it wrong. <laughs> Tanya goes back to Portland after nationals. And there are fans in the media waiting to greet her at the airport. I mean, I say fans loosely because I think it's just people that were like, oh, she's here and we have nothing to do. <laughs> So Tanya's dumbass speaks to the reporters and she was asked what she thought of everything and this jackass says, I'm really happy but um, it won't be a true crown until I get my chance with Nancy and that'll be at the Olympics. And let me tell you, I'm a whooper butt. Like, um, that's a weird thing to say. Like, even if you had nothing to do with it, like, she just got clubbed in the knee. Well, but that's the thing. Like, Tanya didn't have any cooth. Like, she didn't know what was right and what was wrong to say so to her it was fine but everyone else saw it as like she should not have said that well yeah i mean that's just like humankind but 
Tanya says, that's just who I am. That's how I talk. Like, okay, like an asshole. Um, another clip of Tanya from back in the day saying, I had my hopes up for the longest time now competing against Nancy and proving to everybody I'm as good as her and better. And then Tanya says currently that she was very disappointed that Nancy could not compete. Back to Thurbeck, Tanya, who says, I will prove to everyone that I am number one and I won't settle for anything less. Like, you sound really concerned with Nancy. <laughs> like, that's very weird. And then you're going to be like, oh, I don't know why people think I had anything against her. It's like, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> we are introduced to Tanya's bodyguard, Sean Eckhart. Like, why would she need a bodyguard? Sean believed he was an international man of intrigue and like this dumbass (laughs) is like the dumbest piece of shit walking there is. (laughs) Like and a bodyguard like Jeff probably paid him to babysit Tanya when he couldn't be there. No sense. Tanya now says no bodyguard. Are you kidding me? He's dumb as a post. (laughs) I mean, girl, you are the one pictured with him, like, standing by you in a trench coat at, like, walking around in public. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And you seem super full of yourself. So I'm sure you thought you were Michael Jackson level famous and felt the need for a whole entourage, including multiple bodyguards. (laughs) Um, Sean Eckhart has a huge mouth and ran it all over the place. So some of the people he told went to the police. When the FBI interviewed him, he folded almost immediately. (laughs) Pussy. So Sean gave up Jeff's name, which immediately implicated Tanya. Sean did an interview with Diane Sawyer. I actually watched this interview when it happened. And I remember sitting with my dad and like we watched it Mm -hmm. and we were both just like, wow, what like a dumb bag of bones. Mm -hmm. Um, Diana asked Sean why he didn't refuse when Jeff approached him about taking Nancy Kerrigan out and he says I don't know Diane asks him who decided which leg to hit and Sean says Jeff did her landing leg that way she wouldn't be able to skate which even back then I remember saying to my dad like how would Jeff know that much about it like which one was her landing leg and all that like I'm sure Tanya had to tell him what that meant like landing leg whatever like i don't know it's just skaters terms that i would highly doubt jeff Kalulu even cared about that's um, a that's a really good point yeah and i was 12 yeah so, that's like, a really good point <clears throat> like i don't i don't know then sean hired Derek smith and shane stance and they were the hit team like this is a three-person job like <laughs> And they were all screw-ups. They left a trail of credit card receipts and plane tickets and rental cars. And I don't think they talk about it in this documentary. Um, But didn't they drive all the way to, like, like, Massachusetts to Tony Kent Arena to try to do this? And then they realized that they were in Detroit for the Nationals and then had to fly to Detroit? I do not know that part. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. They left a trail of credit card receipts and phone tickets and rental cars. Ann Schatz and Connie Chung tell us how stupid these people are. (laughs) After the attack, Shane Stant ran... Oh, Connie Chung says what I said earlier. 
about how he ran into the glass door. So he used his head to break the glass, even though he had the collapsible baton he just used to club Nancy in the knee. <laughs> Connie is like, he is so stupid. <laughs> and Chats thinks a couple of eighth graders could have come up with a better plan. Tanya is asked if Jeff acted differently after the attack. She says he was his same arrogant self. Like, why would he have acted differently? She was in on it. Tanya says she wasn't suspicious at first. And somewhere around the first five days, he started acting funny. And Tanya was like, what is going on? Then this lion ass bitch says, I asked him, what is going on? Do you know something you aren't saying? Like, what? Who? Like, that's another weird thing to ask. Like, it would never occur to me if I didn't know that something was going on to be like, are you somehow involved in this? Is that why you're acting weird? Like, if it was my husband, I'd probably be like, are you cheating on me? <laughs> like, I don't. If I had no knowledge of something after the fact, why on earth would I ever even ask that? And not to mention, like, you're saying all this shit. And in a little bit, you're about to tell us like, oh, no, I actually overheard them talking about it beforehand. Well, that's probably why she asked it, because she did suspect them. But she probably just didn't want to admit it to herself. She knew. <laughs> There's no part of me that thinks she didn't know. Tanya is supposed to be training for the Olympics, and this p- bitch trains in a shopping mall. Like, it's packed with people. Tanya current says she just wanted to focus on skating and wanted people to leave her the hell alone except for the people that showed up with positive signs to watch her skate tanya voluntarily went in to be interviewed by law enforcement tanya says by then she did know jeff's part in the assault she said she knew that sean was involved and that jeff had done something wrong but she did not know the specifics or how far it went um I just, I can't with her. Um, she, like, I just don't even understand the point of, like, walking through these lies because, like, it, like, I don't, I, I don't know. Two weeks before the Olympics, they show Tanya asking her fans to please believe in her. As the police start their questioning, Jeff and Tanya start finger pointing. Jeff made a deal. He was going to testify against Tanya as part of his deal. We see footage from Tanya's press conference regarding her involvement. Tanya says she is sorry and that she had no prior knowledge of the planned assault against Nancy Kerrigan. Tanya says she is at fault for failing to report things she learned about the assault when she returned home from nationals. The next step was determining if Tanya would be allowed to compete in the Olympics. Um... Tanya, of course, thinks that it was bullshit to even question if she could go to the Olympics. This shit happened over 20 years ago, and she is still so full of herself and has zero self-awareness. At best, your husband had someone club your competitor. Only you would benefit from this. You're not some victim. You chose to marry this person and have them in your life. Like, I don't believe that anybody at the Olympics or from the U.S. Figure Skating Association told her that it mattered if she divorced Jeff or stayed married back in the day when she said, well, I was only back together with him because they said that I had to stay married. (laughs) Um, I'm sure that at some point somebody in her life 
was like, are you worried about how this is going to look? Like how bad it looks if like, you know, like you're married and divorced and you're only 20 or, you know, like make her look bad. I mean, she already was aware she didn't fit in and was parent like she could have just been paranoid. Like I could not imagine being her friend. I would probably want to kill myself. <laughs> There's no way I couldn't. I couldn't listen to her bullshit. There's not one way. And like you know, she probably talks about this all the time. Like I watched that thing. I don't remember. I think it was like in 1998 where she sat down for her fake apology with Nancy Kerrigan. Mm-hmm. And Nancy's like, like they asked them separately like well the Nan- or Tanya's asked in front of Nancy but Nancy Nancy was asked before Tanya was brought out and James Brown was like you know how often do you think about this she's like well Nancy is like well I really don't think about it unless I'm asked about it because like I've you know moved on I'm like have kids and I'm married and I'm professionally skating like I don't live in the past but then when Tanya came out she's like I think about it every single day a lot Mm-hmm. Um. So you know she talks about this all the time. Like she's probably very similar to Al Bundy from Married with Children, always talking about how he threw four touchdown <laughs> passes in a game when he was in high school. And you know she's like, you know, there's this time I did a triple axel. Her kid is probably like, yeah, we know, mom. I've watched a video about thirty-seven times. <laughs> Tanya now, like current Tanya says, I had every right to be there. They didn't have any right to take it away from me. I earned it. So I threatened them with a lawsuit. Like, oh, okay, that's normal. Yeah, no but you don't you- think you don't think like the Olympic Committee was like, no, we should send both of them because the ratings will just be amazing. Well, that's why I think it was ridiculous that she threatened a lawsuit before they even came to their decision. Like I mean, I think she threatened the lawsuit. They let her go anyway. They probably would have let her go either way. Who knows? I don't know what the conversations they had with her. Like, if they're all bougie, then they probably did feel like they were going to have to, like, not let her go. And then she threatened the lawsuit, so that gave them the excuse they needed. I have no idea. (laughs) She was allowed to compete, but, like, then after when she gets her punishment and she's all like, I don't understand why they got banned for life. Like, oh, really? You threatened them with a lawsuit. That's probably why. <laughs> um, Tanya from back then says she's excited to fulfill her dream and win. I've never been so happy in my life that someone sucked it so big. <laughs> so in Lilyhammer, Tanya had to do a press conference. They were not kind towards Tanya. All anybody asked her about was the scandal. But I mean, like, did Tanya or her coach really expect anything different? Like, I understand her coach had to be like, we're here to talk about Tanya skating. But, like, Tanya had to know this was, like, I would imagine if I was her coach in private, I would have been like, you are going to be the fucking death of me, you fucking dumbass. Tanya now is asked, how much of the scandal overshadowed the Olympics? Tanya says all of it. Didn't get to see much. Didn't get to do much. Always had to be driven around. The inner uh, Amy interjects and says, and you had a lot of people who thought you shouldn't, you shouldn't have been there. And Tanya's like, yep. <laughs> like, oh, poor you. Like, oh my. 
like it's some shock that people aren't over there coddling her dumbass. There was no sympathy for Tanya. Everybody was rooting for Nancy. Like, yeah, Nancy was the only victim. Late night shows like SNL and Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien just had a field day about Tanya. She was a joke. And I wrote, is. <laughs> Connie Chung said the situation had everything you could ever want in a bad TV movie. Tanya probably should have just like, well, she was never going to do this. But she should have stepped down on her own and tried to salvage some sort of career down the road. Like, get divorced, work on your image, anything besides what she did. But, I mean, clearly she has no common sense. And she's still doubling down on all this, like, bullshit. So, she's learned nothing. And to this day, like, if you see her, she's... Emily is asleep. She is. Yes. Um... Even now, like, she still plays the victim. Like, you're, nobody feels, like, there's nothing for you to feel, so, like, the thing is, she plays the victim, and then, like, as soon as she gets the, like, desired response, she's like, well, you know, it is what it is. It's like, no, you just begged for them to say that they feel sorry for you, and now you want to act like you're gracious about it. Like, fuck off. Um... So the world was on pins and needles about what was going to be like when Nancy and Tanya were together. And I do remember when um, they showed the practicing. Mm -hmm. And because I guess Nancy's team had asked that she not have to practice with Tanya and the Olympics were like, "Uh, no, like you get that time. We're not making any more accommodations. So the media packed in like sardines to videotape and watch this and then like a motherfucking boss Nancy won the entire Olympics instantly before even stepping on the ice when she showed up to that practice session in the exact same fucking outfit she got clubbed in down to the same white scrunchie like (laughs) fuck you trailer trash Tanya (laughs) Nancy was pictured smiling and doing great. She looked so fucking fine on that ice. Like, fuck you, you piece of garbage. And Tanya looked intimidated as fuck. And she looked like a chump. And they had, like, pictures of her, like, falling on her ass. as like Nancy's, like, whirling, like, a fucking, like, ice capade. <laughs> Tanya did an interview with Connie Chung during the Olympics. And Connie was like... I don't know if she felt like she had to do it because CBS covered the Olympics. The interview was pretty amazing. (laughs) Connie Chung out the gate is like, so no one is talking about you because your figure skating. You know that, right? (laughs) Tanya's dumb delusional ass is like, no, I don't know that. It has to do with skating. And he was going to win the gold medal. Uh, Not you, bitch. (laughs) Tanya ends the interview and walks off. Like, did this bitch really expect Connie Chung was going to be like, tell me about your childhood? Mm -hmm. OMG, Tanya, can you believe what Jeff has done to you, you poor fucking victim? (laughs) Although, a part of me wishes someone had done that because Tanya would have run her mouth crying about all the ways that she's the victim. Probably would have messed up and spilled more about what happened. (laughs) The short program was first. And the ratings were similar to the Super Bowl. Tanya is obviously a hot mess. She didn't hit her jumps, and she sucked. 
Nancy came out and skates beautifully. Nancy easily wins. And Tanya is shown saying, I feel fine. I'm ready to go for the gold. Sure you are, you fucking dumpster fire. You just perform like garbage. So next up was the long program. And I just want to recall earlier when Tanya was like, things just happen to me. and It's nobody's fault. And I don't feel sorry for myself. Next time, I will just bring two pairs of skates. Referencing her last Olympic endeavor where she blamed her sucking on the fact that her, like, blade wasn't put on correctly. So, Miss Two Pairs of Boots does not go to the ice when her name is called for her long program. She has a group of people fussing over her backstage. So, they give in a timer before they disqualify her, and it's counting down on screen. (laughs) One of the announcers said that during the warm-up, Tanya had a problem with her laces. And I wrote, this should not be a problem because for sure she is extras ready to go, right? Didn't she say this? Or No, of course not. This dumb bitch does not. It's a pair of laces. It's not even like you need a whole new pair of skates. Tanya screaming, it's not going to hold me. She is asleep and farting. <laughs> not Tanya, but Emily. Yeah, I figured. she's farting in her sleep yes (laughs) oh god so um so Tanya's yelling it's not gonna hold me as she's like running out to the ice like I thought her coach wanted to burst into flames her coach seemed like a very classy lady you know it was like took everything in her to like deal with Tanya yeah it really was a train wreck it was bad she messes up on her first jump and starts crying and then skates over to the judges and slams that big old thigh up on the table to whine about her laces. She's like, the laces are broken and they're too short. See? Like, probably could have been fixed with that second set of skates, right? You fucking idiot. <laughs> um, I, I was, like, enthralled when this happened. It was such a shit show. And I don't think that a single person felt sorry for her. And more embarrassing than what she did was, like, later, like, after everyone else had skated, when she goes back and, like, does her skate again because they, like, give her time to, like, go out. And I do remember they don't show it on this. And I actually don't know if if I've seen it on something else or I remember it from back then. When um, I can't remember who one of the announcers for the Olympics, he was Scott something. Mm-hmm. He was also an ice skater. Oh, yeah. That guy with the bald head. Yeah. Yeah. And Hamilton. Like, Hamilton. Yes, 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 yes. And I think. And he's basically like, was it Scott Hamilton or was it Brian Boitano? Ooh, I think it was Scott Hamilton. Okay, well, either way. Yeah. He was, at the time, he was like, yeah, I mean, they're going to give her time for her thing. And, like, I guess it's fair, but, like, this always happens to Tanya. And so it's kind of, like, shady. And then also, like, it throws everyone else off because you think you have, like, this time to prepare. And now, like, you have to be ready to go right now. Yeah. And so, like, shocking, Tanya just fucks everyone else over to make an excuse for herself. Mm. Tanya now says if she had jumped with her laces like that, she would have broken something. 
and and Shats, who I thought for the most part was kind of on Tanya's side. She's like, your laces broke. Of course they did. <laughs> what a train wreck. Like, like Aunt Shats is just like, I cannot stand you. <laughs> they gave her a second chance, and guess what? She's still terrible. Um, and still going to blame it on 57 different things instead of holding herself accountable. Tanya says, you know what? I went out, and I did the best that I could under the circumstances, and you know what? I did well. I did great. No, you fucking did not. Like, I have several seats. She really is just the worst and a walking trash can. I was that Amy lady. There would be no way in hell I could have kept a straight face through any of this. My eyes would have fallen out of my head. She keeps going, talking her shit about how she did all the same jumps and at least she got to skate. Blah, blah, blah. Fucking blah. What a crybaby bitch. The only person that at least got to skate was Nancy. Because <laughs> your husband tried to actually break her knee. So fuck off with your bullshit, Tanya. Bye. Like, just be canceled forever. Bye. I hate her. She really sat there and said, at least I got to skate for myself and for my country. Um, no one in this country wanted you as a representative in the first place. You're a horrible person who's only there because you threatened a goddamn lawsuit. <laughs> Like, I cannot with her. She's awful. Nancy Kerrigan did amazing, but Oksana Bywell came out of nowhere and grabbed the gold. I do remember thinking, like, that was so unfair, and it felt like such a letdown. <laughs> she won by a tenth of, the, of a point. And I know people have said that other judges bumped up her score because they were annoyed by the whole Tanya-Nancy drama and didn't want to reward this by giving Nancy the gold. Which I would believe is probably true because yeah. not like to the judges it didn't matter what the like rating yeah. were. They were still there for like other countries. It was probably very annoying. Um, but it still felt like a letdown. And I do remember like Oksana Bayou like she didn't fall but she like wobbled on one of her landings. And, and they showed that. that. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember them trying to make a huge deal out of it like she should have gotten like Nancy should have won because of that and I think Nancy probably knew that like that she probably deserved to win and didn't but like she understood the playing behind it so she never really has seemed like bent out of shape that she didn't get the gold she's always kind of been like yeah it is what it is it's competition well yeah now she is but they showed that clip from when they were waiting to do the medal ceremony and Oksana Bayul was doing her makeup and she was a smart ass on camera and she was like I don't know why she's going to do her makeup she's just going to get up there and cry it off again yeah I mean I don't I don't know I didn't really think that that was bad like I thought that was just kind of like not rude because yes she did have have a right to be upset about it because yeah she did go through a lot she she prevailed and she made it to the olympics and she came in second and she did a great routine but i did like you have to be a little bit humble and a little bit especially when you're on camera if you want to do that behind the scenes and nobody sees it that's your business i would be like that too but you do have to be aware of the cameras being on you right well, yeah, I agree with that. But I also didn't take it as, like, she was mad about it because she lost. Like, 
I like even. Oh, that's then, how I took I it. Heard it. It's kind of like, why is she doing her makeup? Like she's gonna get out there and cry again. Like yeah, no, I why took are it. We I totally took it as her being pissed off that she didn't win the gold. She was yeah, pissed off because she got beat by a sixteen-year-old, and she had just gone through all this bullshit to make it there, and she didn't win. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't take it that way. Uh, like I just thought it was kind of like, why am I stuck here waiting around? Like I just want to like get out of this. Well, and I'm uh, sure she did because she was, and to me, she probably felt like that because she was still pissed off that she didn't win. Like she just wanted to get the ceremony over so that she could just leave. Like, well, yeah, I mean, I would think that anybody at the Olympics, like even any single one of them that wasn't Oksana Bayul, was probably a little bit annoyed. Like, that's just, but that's part of being, like, a competitor. Like, yeah. I remember there was a game that, and I was not, like, some great competitor. And this was when I was, like, younger. And I felt like I, we deserved to win because, like, we lost by one point. And I think I had, like, like, I think we lost, like, 23 to 22 and I had 21 points Mm -hmm. and so I was in tears after the game and like I didn't want to talk to anybody I like I did the whole shaking the hands and like I remember my dad being like you get your shit together because like you will be gracious and you will go tell those other like the other team good job like because the other girl on the other team that was like really good had tried to come over and she just like walked away because she wanted to say I did a good job or whatever. But I remember my dad yelling at me and I never did it again. But like that was a nothing basketball game like the Olympics. I imagine I probably would have want to set someone on fire. Yeah, my dad did it to me too when he coached me in softball and like I was pissed off at a teammate because we should have won. And we lost because this girl dropped the ball in the outfield and I got pissed off and I like we were having like one of those team meetings afterwards and and I was I think I was crying and I was saying stuff to her and my dad got so pissed off at me he just told me to go to the car like he got that mad at me and and I'm like I get at that at that level she also should have known better than to say anything but like I guess because I could understand it. Like, it didn't seem, like, she didn't seem mean about it. It just seemed like, I don't understand why we're doing this. Yeah, it was just more of, like, she was annoyed than, like, mad. Yeah. But it still was just kind of, like, to my point of, like, you know, this is being broadcast all over the world. Right. They said it was, like, the sixth rated, highest rated um, uh, viewing of a, of a, telecast ever like not just the olympics of anything ever (laughs) yeah because i remember they made some big deal they're like um it was right behind dallas when jr got yeah like it was a big (laughs) deal and you know she had to know considering the circumstances that she was going to be on camera and it was going to be broadcast in my opinion she just should have been more aware that the camera was on her and not have been like you know, I don't know why she's doing it. Blah, 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 blah. Like, it just sounded like she was just being a smart ass to me. Yeah. I don't know. And I guess I just, it, it's also like, really, like, Tanya gets every excuse under the sun to be like a trash box and like 
people are gonna try to hold Nancy to this like well and you are just so biased against like you are just so against Tanya Harding and so for Nancy Kerrigan it doesn't matter to you well to an extent yes but (laughs) Like, I thought it was kind of funny. Well, and I, I thought it was funny, but, like, not necessarily, like, bad. Well, they did also, in the media, make, like, these were, like, very little things that Nancy did that they made these big deals about at the time. Like, that, and then, like, when she was on, like, the Disney parade thing, and she was like, this is so fucking corny, I hate this. <laughs> and she didn't realize that, like people could hear her or like that there was a microphone nearby yeah they tried to act like okay who wouldn't say that well and but see that also is a part of the whole thing like if you go to the olympics and you get gold or you get you get silver you know they want to celebrate you that's the whole thing of like after somebody wins the super bowl and they do the i'm going to disney world commercial like yeah it might be cheesy but it's all a part of it well, yeah, but, like, I also know that if I were in that situation, like, I would understand I needed to do it, mm-hmm. but I would still want to, like, die inside. Right, but you might not be outwardly, you know, wanting to die well, I mean, inside. she said it with a smile on her face. She just didn't know that a did camera picked she? it up. I thought she did. I didn't think she did. I thought it was kind of a scowl. Oh. I thought she did. I don't know. I don't remember. I actually don't really even remember seeing her say it. I remember people talking about it. Well, and I don't remember seeing it happen, like seeing it when it happened, but it was on the documentary and, and that was when I. It was on this one? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I thought it was just. No, it was on this one. About the Mickey Mouse thing? No, no, not the Mickey Mouse thing. The uh, makeup thing. Oh, yeah. That thing. I was talking about the Mickey Mouse Oh, thing. yeah. I don't remember that at all. Like, I, that doesn't surprise me. And oh, I no, think... I was saying about the Mickey Mouse thing, like, when she said it at the Mickey Mouse thing, she said it with a smile on her face. Oh, yeah. That's probably true. I think I remember seeing that somewhere, but I don't really, like, remember the whole thing. Yeah, I know. I wasn't, I, yeah. I mean, I think the, like, I think the whole thing with the makeup, like, she shouldn't have said it. Um, but I don't think it was, like, as big a deal as what they made it out to. No, no. But, you know, she did, I don't know. She was annoyed. And she had she had a right to be annoyed. But, you know, uh, she just shouldn't have done it well, on camera. It also, like, you know, like, all that pressure is put on her. Like, she only had six weeks to rehab her knee. Yeah. And then, like, she's thrust into a situation for no reason. Like, yeah. in her head, I highly doubt she ever thought twice about Tanya Harding. So, like... No, no. Because Tanya, probably... Tanya was so much below her, and I think she even thought that. Oh, I'm sure she did. And, like, you know, I think Tanya has issues that she probably needs a lot of therapy about. Oh, yeah. So, like... If I were Nancy, like, all of this would be so beyond overwhelming because, like, there's no, like, for her, there's, like, why am I being scrutinized? I should just have to show up and skate. If this whole thing hadn't happened, I would just have been judged on my skating. Mm -hmm. And I had no say in it. I didn't play into it. I don't talk about it. I haven't. 
openly spoken about Tanya, she still does it. Yeah. And like, so I could see being her being like, are you fucking for real? And she looks annoyed when she has to talk about it too. Well, I'm sure because again, it's like you're giving all this power, like you're taking away from her hard work Mm -hmm. because that also is like insinuating like, oh, you know, I I don't know. Well, did you ever watch the uh, 30 for 30 documentary? Yes. She wasn't, Nancy Kerrigan wasn't even on it. She had her husband do it. Because she's sick of it always just, like, it's always all about Tanya. Yeah. And this relationship that she never had with Tanya in the first place. Right. And that's, yeah. And that was to that point, too, of her, like, not wanting to talk about it and her being annoyed by the whole thing. I totally get it. So then, in probably the most infuriating moment of this entire thing, Tanya, current Tanya, says she needed to stop whining. (laughs) Let the gold medalist have a few minutes to absorb it. She just won the Olympics. Give her a minute, you know? (laughs) She has every right, and I just thought that was rude of her. A fucking course you did, you fucking idiot. (laughs) And like... Uh, why in the world would anybody care if Tanya thought Nancy was rude? Tanya, who has spent over 20 years whining and complaining, and this entire show whining and complaining, like, I can't with her. She's terrible. And Chats is pretty fed up with Tanya's bullshit, too. She's like, Tanya doesn't get to tell Nancy Kerrigan what to think or feel about anything ever. <laughs> and, like, why... Say first of all, Chris Connolly. I think in this in this thing when he's explaining, he was like Tanya or Nancy was told incorrectly incorrectly that Oksana was re like asked to stop to redo her makeup. Like I don't know what happened, and like basically that's the thing. They don't know what was going on. Was she talking? Did she need a moment? And I'm sure had they said like she just needs a moment to come out, she's mm-hmm. very overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. That might have had a way different reaction than, oh, she went to go do her makeup again. Like, mm-hmm. that does seem kind of like, really? We have to wait for you to do your fucking makeup? <laughs> like, which, and it would have been more understandable for people getting mad if they were like, she needs a minute to compose herself. Nancy had been like, oh, okay. Because the way Chris Connolly made it sound was that, like, she was just asking, like, what's going on? And that's what she was told. And so that's what she reacted to. Mm-hmm. So Tanya had legal issues waiting for her when she returned from the Olympics. And they show a clip when Tanya like lands back in like fucking Portland or whatever. And she's like, um, I'm looking to the next competition or something. It's like, really? Like you aren't worried about the FBI? <laughs> well, didn't they at like a reporter ask her that? Like, do you think the FBI is going to be there waiting on your plane when you get home? I think it was in Norway. And she yeah. was like, no. Yeah. And Tanya's like, I don't really remember much from that time. Like, I'm sure you don't. <laughs> She's like, I remember court. I remember losing everything. The most difficult evidence for Tanya to explain is the most random piece of all. A restaurant owner. First of all, I think this entire story is a lie because this doesn't make any sense. 
A restaurant owner is throwing away trash in her dumpster and saw bags that weren't hers. It's illegal to dump someone else's trash in your dumpster. So she started going through the bag and found some things with Jeff Galuli's name on it. A Skaters Association check receipt to Tanya Harding. Scraps with the notes of skating arenas names. On the envelope are the words Tony Kent Arena. The arena where Nancy Kerrigan practiced. The notes found in the dumpster were believed to be written by Tanya Harding. Tanya says her writing was found on a piece of paper. She didn't write that. I don't understand. I didn't understand that either. Like she goes, but nobody would believe me. Jeez, I wonder why. Um, the former director of the FBI says that Tanya, the idea that Tanya wasn't a willing and able participant is nonsense. And hey, guess what? I'm going to believe him because, like, they investigated you, and I'm sure they made a deal with you, and that was the deal. Was like, okay, we have all like. You don't make a deal for nothing. Mm-hmm. If you did nothing, you don't make a deal. And like, I think if only if all she knew was after the fact, she wouldn't have made that deal. Like, I just don't. I don't believe that people would do. That. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. And I I don't believe that this lady was just like randomly going through her fucking dumpster. Who does that? Yeah. Like, and I people take probably- deals. People take deals. So they can avoid jail time. So they told her prior to that, like, if you if you plead guilty to hindering prosecution, which is what she pled to, then yeah. we'll give you so much jail time, or we'll, we won't give you jail time, but you'll have this, 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 and this. And she knew, her lawyers, I'm sure, told her, if you go to trial and they find you guilty, you will go to jail. Right. And she would have gotten eaten alive in jail. I mean, who cares? But <laughs> yeah, no. But I, what I was saying, I don't believe that restaurant owner was like, oh, I was just going through the garbage. Like, I'm sure Jeff Galuli was like, um, here's my trash. Do you want to pretend like you found it? Yeah. Like, if you find garbage, like in a dumpster, like, yes, it is illegal to dump in other people. I think it's even illegal here to do that. But like, um, I can tell you one thing. I'm not pulling out someone else's trash to see what's in it. Exactly. Like, why would you like, you don't know what's in there. You don't know who dumped it. You could be opening a thing full of dirty fucking needles. Yeah. So I don't know why they're like, oh, yeah, this lady just found this trash. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. So Jeff got two years in prison. The rest of the hit team got 18 months. And Tanya took a deal to get out of having to spend time in prison. Tanya has shown apologizing for interfering. Tanya says she admitted to hindering prosecution. That's basically admitting to conspiring with them for the cover-up of the crime after it occurred. Tanya got three years probation, a $100,000 fine, and 500 hours of community service. She also had to resign from the United Figure State figure... (laughs) United States Figure Skating Association. And then they stripped Tanya of her championship titles and then banned her for life from skating. And chat says that ban was her prison sentence. She wasn't going to be able to make a living. So she didn't go to jail, but what the hell was she going to do? Tanya dropped out of high school her sophomore year. Um, So I think Tanya thought that she would drop out of the United States Figure Association or whatever and the Figure Skating Association and then she would just 
like wait a few years and go back in or something I don't know like had she like not got banned from it for life yeah so yeah that um, could be it Tanya has asked what would have been justice she says she doesn't know she just wanted to skate and I wrote wow wow poor baby (laughs) for sure Tanya thought she would do probation pay a fine do community service and that would be it you know she just rants about it regularly (laughs) Um, and she threatened to sue them of course they banned her especially because then after she threatens to sue them because she's like I hadn't been arrested I hadn't been charged with anything like then she ended up admitting that she played a part in it so I don't see it as some big travesty like I think had she stepped down from the Olympics and kept under the radar and like cooperated she probably could have like salvaged some sort of a career yeah that goes back to her personality and the way she is and not keeping quiet not keeping her mouth shut about the whole thing yeah well and yeah i mean she's just terrible um the scandal made figure skating popular and more mainstream and i think nancy has said this like the only benefit to what happened is that so many people paid attention to figure skating because of that but then they retained an audience and popularity for years to come that is true i believe that and um tanya's asked if she takes some of the credit for that and of course she fucking does (laughs) probably thinks nancy should be grateful about any opportunity she got after 1994 and thank tanya about it like more annoying than just saying the yes that we all know she thinks tanya shrugs and goes sure like she's upgrading her fries to a large for a dollar more like (laughs) she's like i mean i was there i skated like shut up you dumb bitch now we're moving on to tanya's life after the scandal which is just as white trash and sad as you would expect so now we move on to tanya's life after the scandal which is just as white trash and sad as you would expect (laughs) she had a sex tape with jeff tanya says the pictures and the video were released without her permission she was in a crappy movie called breakaway she became a celebrity boxer she boxed against boxed against paula jones tanya says she did the boxing for money to help pay her bills to stay in shape and she liked boxing but it was brutal don't start boxing after 30 just shut up (laughs) she was on true tv's world's dumbest Tanya's just a mess. Haven't you seen her on that though? I think everybody has. Yeah. I mean, eh, she's not funny. (laughs) Before the scandal, Nancy had endorsements. Most continued after the Olympic Games in 1994. She profited well. Um, Nancy really chose to step back and away from the attack. She did a lot of skating specials. In 2017, Nancy was on Dancing with the Stars. Um, they said she's generally well liked and people root for her Um, she's being interviewed and the person like interviewing her is kind of rude she gets all these like Tanya gets all these softball easy questions and the interviewer is like what do you say to all the people that to all those people that say you're only famous because of the scandal 
Like, geez. <laughs> like, I definitely, like, the scandal threw it all into, like, the mainstream media. But I knew who Nancy Kerrigan was before all that. And I was in, like, seventh grade. Like, she was an Olympic medalist before she got clubbed. Yeah. Um, Nancy was like, um, I don't know that anybody says that because I do have two Olympic medals. They didn't just give them to me. I mean, I worked hard for it. Who in their right mind would ask to be attacked? I would never wish that on anyone. If I could change it, would I? Of course I would. Which I I do think people probably think that maybe she's only famous because of the attack. I think she's more famous because of the attack. I think she was famous and I think she would have remained famous. But it would not have lived on an infamy had this not happened and that's not her fault and i know she did not want that yeah and that, i think that's why i thought that the question seemed rude mm-hmm. because like um the, it's not that like you're not connie chung asking tanya like you know nobody's talking about you because of your skating this is like 20 years later and you're like trying to be a bitch about it <laughs> she actually she probably watched that Connie Chung interview and was like, this is my time to shine. I'm about to do it. <laughs> and she just picked the wrong one. Um, and, like, it is kind of annoying because Nancy doesn't feed into it at all. And yet she's always, like, brought into it. And then people want to, like, analyze how she is about it. It's like, she didn't get a say in it then. She's not getting a say in it now. Like, she sucks it up. She's just like, whatever it is, what it is. Like, I competed. Like, she left, you know, like, amateur skating, I guess, after those Olympics. And she went on to do, like, I don't, I mean, I remember she was on a lot of Disney on Ice things. I don't really, I didn't really follow her that much. Mm -hmm. But, like, I mean, she had kids and she got married. And... I don't know. I just didn't think that she's ever really tried to like profit off the attack. So it seems weird that you would come at her like that. Yeah. Where Tanya totally profits off of the attack. Like she probably got paid a good bit just for this interview. Every chance she gets. Yes. And she also always acts like the victim. And like out of a two hour special, Nancy was talked about for like maybe 10 minutes. And I don't even think it was that long. And, like, she's still not a bitch about it. Because I feel like I would have been like, oh, really? Like, oh, I did something? Like, meanwhile, what are you? what is she doing? She hasn't shut up about it for 20 years. She still doesn't even take that bait. Mm-hmm. Nancy's asked if she ever received an apology. And Nancy says that they were at an event four years after she was attacked. And they both sat down with James Brown. And then Tanya gave the world's worst apology I've ever heard in my entire life. She says, Nancy, I want to apologize again for being in the wrong place at the wrong time around the wrong people. What? That's your apology? That was it. Like, she, yeah, she took no accountability for that. And then Nancy, who is nicer than me, says, it was very awkward and strange, but I mean, it's so old. Does it even matter at this point? And I was like, also, that's not an apology. 
Um, bitter ass Tanya says, enough apologizing. She's got her life. I've got my life. We both have wonderful lives. And I wrote debatable. <laughs> and that should be all that matters. And then all in caps, I was like, except you talk about it every chance you get. As long as the narrative is poor Tanya, look what Jeff did. Tanya can't even let Nancy be called a victim. She will be like, well, we both were victims. Did you see, have you seen when she was on Piers Morgan? No. She's on Piers Morgan. And I don't know when it was. It was like clearly long after the attack. Was this when he took over for Larry King? It might be. Uh I have no idea. On CNN. Yeah, I'm not sure what, what show it was. But he was like, he said something to her and she's like well we were victims and he's like yeah but Nancy was the victim she's like we were both victims he was like uh but Nancy was the bigger victim she's like well why is there levels everybody was a victim in this it's like you dumb idiot (laughs) so it's like I think that's what makes me hate her is shit like yeah like just fucking suck it up like I could be on her side but she's awful so no Margot Robbie is starring in I, Tanya, and then they talk to her um, she says she's getting a lot of attention the movie is thrusting Tanya back in the limelight and Margot is being talked about for like Emmy consideration um, Margot talks about the premiere and says that Tanya got a standing ovation at the end and she thinks it meant a lot to her and that she's not used to people being nice to her like uh, I wonder why people aren't nice to Tanya Margo. <laughs> Margo says the movie wasn't about altering perceptions of Tanya. It was about showing her as a human. And I said, whatever. She's a nightmare. <laughs> Tanya's asked what it's like watching Margot Robbie play her. I guarantee she loves that shit and thinks that makes her like Margot Robbie. She's one of those people that's probably like, I always knew I was beautiful, but I didn't know I was as beautiful as Margot Robbie. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Like Tanya says she felt sorry for Margot to have to try to go through what Tanya went through. It's just so tough. Like, you're still doing the poor me thing. Tanya is delusional in every sense of the word. Why even ask her about it? She's thrilled at how Alice and Janie played her mom. This dumb bitch says it was uncanny. Unfucking canny. The word is uncanny. You idiot. <laughs> U-N-C-A-N-N-Y. No fucking I-N-G and shut the fuck up. <laughs> you are awful and your mother is more likable than you are. Have several seats. Alice and Janie felt bad for what Tanya felt bad for Tanya that she had a mother like that. She's asked what does she think what does she think that Lavana thinks of her performance? Allison says, I don't know. She, she will probably say it never happened. Lavana's like, I don't give a shit about the movie. I don't care how I was portrayed. This lady has spent like 50 years of being the bad guy. I highly doubt it even registers to her anymore. <laughs> Tanya says she remembers Lavana dragged her into a bathroom and beat her with a hairbrush. Oh, you do remember? Because you've only brought it up like three times in this like interview alone. Lavana says, one time I spanked her with a hairbrush at a competition. I spanked my kids. Tanya claims she threw a steak knife at her. Lavana is like, no, why would I throw a snake steak knife at anyone? Lavana just seems over it. 
I believe that Lavana would throw a steak knife at someone though. Yeah, but Tanya's account of it was real shady. Like she was like, "Yeah, it hit here." Oh. Well, it hit here. So no, I I don't believe that Lavana threw a steak knife at Tanya. I think that is made up. I just believe that Tanya, when she was like, why would I throw a steak knife at anyone? And I just think, I think you probably one of her husbands. <laughs> um, Tanya's. Oh, Amy says that Lavana says the steak knife didn't happen. And um, she admits that she hit you with a hairbrush at a competition what do you say to that? And Tanya's like, really? Take a lie detector test, biatch. Oh, yeah, that part. And I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. fuck off, Tanya. Like, she really said biatch. Like, oh, God. Jeff Galuli is like, Tanya lies so much, there's no point in trying to respond to any of it. And that's the smartest thing anyone said in two hours. Allison Janie says, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Margot Robbie says, I remember at first I was trying to piece it all together and figure out who, what, what actually happened, what the truth is, and then it stopped being being important about halfway through my prep. I was like, it's actually not even that interesting. (laughs) What's really fascinating to me are these characters and why they're telling themselves that that's the way it happened. Like, so basically it's like you all are losers and who cares what the truth is? The interviewer asks Tanya, you never said to Jeff, let's do this. Tanya's like, no, no. (laughs) And he never asked for your permission. No. And you were never part of the planning. She's like, no. I did, however, overhear them talking about stuff where, like, well, maybe we should take somebody out so we can make sure she gets on the team. And I remember telling them, I go, what the hell are you talking about? I can skate. The interviewer is like, so you heard them talking about doing something to someone before the attack on Nancy, but nothing specific. Tani says, that was like a month or two months before, but they were talking about skating and saying, well, maybe somebody should be taken out so then, you know, she can make the team. The interviewer is like, so when Nancy was attacked, none of that popped in your head. She's like, well, it popped in my head like two or three days after we got back. Like, okay, Tanya, like. Connie Chung's like, oh my god, I can't believe she said that. (laughs) I'm like, does Tanya expect people to believe this? Because I don't. Tanya and the interviewer are on the ice at a rink, and she asks Tanya how does she feel when she's on the ice. Tanya says, wonderful as long as I'm not on my butt. She says that ice is her sanctuary, and she doesn't have anything to escape from anymore, but I just love it so much like okay yeah, she's 47 and she skates three days a week good for you she's still a powerhouse according to her coach she can do doubles and can still spin Tanya says she wants to do her triples and I know I can do them the interview the interviewer asks her why she wants to do them again and Tanya says because I can <laughs> like oh bark Tanya's been with her husband for seven years. She says with her husband and her son, she gets her second chance at life to be loved and to be happy. Which I thought was a weird thing to say, like, because it's about her being loved and her being happy. Like with my kids, like I want them to be happy more than I care about. Mm -hmm. 
So I thought that was weird of her to say. Um, Tanya's mom has never met her son. Then Tanya, like the bitter bitch that she is, is like, she wants forgiveness. She wants to see me. She wants to make amends. She wants to meet and be a part of the family. Hell no. I'm a mom. I have to protect my family now. I don't look back anymore unless I'm forced to. Clearly, I mean, not like we just sat through two hours of you looking back and explaining what went on voluntarily or like the 17 other documentaries and interviews that have been done in the time (laughs) since. Tanya says, I'm very blessed. Yes, Tanya, you are hashtag blessed. (laughs) Tanya wouldn't change anything because then she wouldn't be where she is today. She says, the only thing you can do is take one step forward every day into, into your future and do the best you can. Like, very deep thoughts there, Tanya. Tanya's asked what she wants people to think or feel when they hear the name Tanya Harding. She says, oh, I don't know. That's the girl that did the triple axel. Like, I bet. Like, you know what I think when someone says Tanya Harding? I think you're a fucking garbage person. <laughs> Tanya says, I've been nothing, and I've been nothing several times. I've been through hell and back, and I can go there many times, and I'll always make it back. Like, no, um, back from what? Like, your life doesn't look good. And all you do is talk about the past. So what did you come back from? Nothing. She's terrible. I'm so glad this is over. Like, I thought I liked this story, and I like watching it, but then when I have to, like, write it down, I'm like, oh, my God, this (laughs) is She's terrible. You cannot tell me she's No, terrible. she's terrible. She is. She is just awful. Oh my god. What I wouldn't give for her to be like, um, I heard your podcast and fuck you. Oh my god, then we'd start like a Twitter war. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I would just start posting like negative articles about her that that are out there for the reading she would just block us immediately she can't go back and forth with somebody she can only talk when it's only about her and only going to be talked from her point of view there's no way she would say like why does she walk off so many (laughs) interviews there's no way she wouldn't she would say one thing and then block us so you couldn't even comment she doesn't have the balls to like stand up and argue with anybody (laughs) like i watched that stupid james brown interview thing Mm -hmm. that they did and like it is so awkward and uncomfortable she is like like you can tell nancy kerrigan is just like beyond uncomfortable and got roped into it and like i don't fault either of them really for like if you're getting paid get that money like I would do a lot of things like I would talk about that bullshit if I'm getting paid every time like Tanya doesn't have to be such a dick about it but like Nancy it's like all right I'm collecting this check but I really don't (laughs) want to be here and when Tanya gives her that apology the look on like everyone else's face is kind of like oh what like, did she really just say that? And she thinks it's, like, completely acceptable. Like, she's so lucky that Nancy is not the bitch that I am because I would have been like, oh, really? Oh, let's have a conversation about what happened. Like, I'd have put that bitch right in her place in public. <laughs> it would have been, and there would have been nothing she could have said about it. 
just like if no matter what Nancy wants to say about anything, there's not really anything Tanya can say about it. I'm like, how common of you to like immediately like anything remotely negative that Nancy has said or done, she's like, Oh, that was so rude. It's like, oh, as rude as clubbing someone's leg six weeks before the Olympics. <laughs> you idiot. Like she should have been like like if she really wanted to rehab her image and have people think she's not just this like bitter idiot, I would have been like, yeah, I mean like it's a lot of standing around and like me, you know, everyone's tired and by that time like your adrenaline is going down so you're like really ready to be off the ice and you're not warmed up so it's like cold and you have to stand there. Like, if she had made all these excuses for why Nancy would have said that, I feel like people would have been like, Tanya's not that bad. <laughs> No, instead, she's like, that's rude. It's like, oh, really? That's rude? Like, this girl gets clubbed. Your husband did it. And, like, two days later, you're like, well, um, it's not going to be a true win until I get to compete against Nancy. And I'm going <laughs> to whip her butt. Like, you weren't saying anything about whipping her butt before her leg was clubbed. And, like, I didn't feel like it was this big time. Like, I remember knowing who Michelle Kwan was. It wasn't like Tanya and Nancy were this big rivalry Mm -hmm. before that. That that was the rivalry. It was, like, Katarina Vitt. And, like, they were in the, like, and Surya Bonnelly and stuff. Like, they would talk about them all. It wasn't like, well, you know, Tanya and Nancy are (laughs) neck and neck. Like, that was never a thing. I don't know. Well, I've already ranted for like two and a half hours. So, I mean, I what are we going to do next? Um, I have a whole list. I know. So let's go through it real quick and figure it out. Okay. Um, I have. Um, let me see. No. Okay. So we did that. I still have the mommy dead and dearest. The staircase. There's something wrong with anti abducted in plain sight was bananas. It was. Is it only one episode? Um, Let's yeah. do that one. Yeah. Okay. Let me write it down. Because I haven't seen that yeah. in a while. Thank you for listening to True Crime True Family. Follow us on our Twitter at TCTFP and Instagram at tctf podcast don't forget to subscribe to us where you get your podcast so you don't miss an episode please leave a rating and review we appreciate all the feedback join us next week